Hello, you're listening to a spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! I'm going to stab your heads off with my dick, because I'm a bad man. <laughs> what does Adam Sandler say Adam Sandler say in, after he's coached to be aggressive? by Something like that? Something about stabbing... I'm going to... Yeah. Right. It's definitely yeah, gonna I'm going to stab, your, stab your head off with my dick. Because I'm a madman. I'm a madman, <laughs> no, and you're gonna get blood. Every, and blood's gonna come out, and there's yeah. nothing you can do about it. Because I'm a madman. <laughs> oh, my throat hurts. I think that the, was the whole, whole thing. Possibly the least Adam Sandler I've ever seen. Adam Sandler in a movie. Well, he still hmm. did his shouting bit. That was he his did. little nod. But he wasn't to, I do shouting. He wasn't doing his babby fucking weird <laughs> dickhead shit. No, he was he was fairly meek and surprisingly naked and buff. Also, more than the other two, genuinely looked like someone in a band in the nineties. Yes, maybe so. Anyway, that uh, prelude is uh, our way of getting into the podcast this week, which uh, involves us. Uh, a quartet, a quartet of butt puppets, or are we? We're three, with three quarters of a butt puppet, four eighths of the other half of the butt puppet. Anyway, the butt puppets are Anthony. Hello. Yes. JB. Yes. <laughs> and Abby. Hello. That was uh, me being a butt puppet. <laughs> That's my butt puppet. I'm Richard. <laughs> we will now make a podcast the only way we know how. By badly. talking badly <laughs> into a microphone about a film. I just that's the other bit of the film I like where Brendan Fraser goes, You're half a butt puppet. And it did just it led me into the existential question of what is a whole butt puppet? And why are you only half a butt puppet? Is it half a butt puppet less? Than a full butt puppet? Is it better to be half a butt puppet? They really loved using insults on this that are a riff on a butt. But puppets, you are a butt. It was the early nineties, <laughs> like dopey metalhead culture. That's shut up, that's... you pud. <laughs> <laughs> I think they said pud a couple of times. I don't know what there that are so, is. yeah. There's there are so many that they they actually uh, conjured Beavis and Butthead at one point. Incredible. <laughs> I was genuinely pleased with that. I also like I to was... imagine that Mike Judge had phoned up <laughs> and was being <laughs> a prick rather than Beavis and Butter. Just Mike Judge is like, I'll do a bit of those pricks to their show, to these terrorists. Anyway, we're already chomping at the bit here. Let's rewind. Jamie, it was uh, your pick. You should give the details. And we should say perhaps why we watched uh, Airheads from etc. and so forth. Airheads from etc. and so forth, or uh, 1994. Uh, it was directed by Michael Lemon or Lehman. I like say I like Lemon. Uh, I don't, I don't like by, Lemon. I mean, I, don't, I just mean as a name. Uh, directed by Michael, I guess Lehman. Uh, written by Richard Wilkes. Uh, it stars Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, Adam Sandler, Chris Farley. Michael McKeon, Judd Nelson, Ernie Hudson, Twin Peaks Connection, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Amy <laughs> Amy LeCane. Um I mean it's it's another it's another hey it's that guy or it's hey it's that woman cast. Joe Montaigne, Michael Richards, the list goes on. Um 
and it is about three band members hoping for a big break head to a who head to a radio station to play their demo tape and wind up holding everyone hostage with plastic guns this is a really bland um summary from imdb but yeah three metal heads in a band try and get their single played on the radio by pretending to take hostages but nobody knows they're pretending to take hostages yeah that's right it is about that <laughs> i agree having watched it uh watched this before myself uh so this was not new territory for me uh, i think the first time was not at the time it came out maybe a bit after on on vhs or something just watched it as a kind of oh what's this it's got it's a it's a hollywood boulevard star studded I mean, it's got an Oscar winner in it now, and it's got fucking people who went on to be something. That prick from Boardwalk Empire's in it. That dickhead from uh, fucking Little Nicky's in it. The fucking guy from Fat Sad, Sad Show who got an Oscar's in it. The the fat dead guy who's actually dead in real life's in it. Oh, <laughs> Chris Farley, is it? Yeah. Um, you know, it's a it's a cavalcade of um, big time people. That that prick who who um fucks around Johnny Five is in it. <laughs> oh yeah, the Spinal Tap one from Better Call Saul. You know yep. the one. No, um, no, it's a it's a great cast, right? And Fat Tony no... from The Simpsons. That's right. <laughs> um, so everyone is someone more famous in other <laughs> roles, uh, but it's like a real like, oh, what's this curio? So I watched it. I think Abby, it might be you actually. Put me onto this. You'd seen this ages ago, right? I had, because like Jamie, it very much crosses over in the Venn diagram of my youth. Oh, yeah. This, this is like the right kind of music, the right time, the right place. Just started watching the films. This film is about everything I like. Mm? Yes, nom nom nom. What you? you, were, you were like, <laughs> what? What you a um, metal band? Side piece at the time as well. Not groupie. Girlfriend of band member. I should say. Yes. I was girlfriend of a bassist at the time. Indeed. Oh, bassist as well. The secret cool one. The secret the cool one. I'm sure he'll be very glad you said that. <laughs> they're, always, they're always the underappreciated but often best Back member of a band. What? I mean, yeah, it must have been a big secret how cool he was because I came along and then <laughs> it was a better lot in life for Abby. So, a real hide that, hide that talent under a bushel kind of secret. <laughs> anyway, that's a bit mean. Uh, the point is, Abby, you were, you were, you know, the key demographic. I mean, not not American. This is like slightly American. Metal, you you Welsh metal is that a thing? Um, you know, you 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 were budding alternative at the time, and uh, it predates a lot of people's huge success. So some people, I mean, what Brendan Fraser has he done? California Man or whatever it's called. Yeah, I think he. I watched an interview with him and Adam Sandler recently, and I think they said he'd done Encino Man maybe the year before, and that contributed to him getting this gig. Right, yeah. Is his hair Santa real? In pulled it? for him, I think. He was like, "You have to get this guy. Yeah. You have to get this guy." No, he's yeah. He's um. I think he specifically said he wouldn't do the movie unless they put uh unless they gave it to Brendan Fraser. But is the hair real, or is it a wig? I think it's a wig. 
Because Steve Buscemi, I think, is in a wig, but like has his real facial hair, which suits the hair. In this. He looks amazing in this, I think. They said they mentioned it in the interview that Steve Buscemi had the fake tattoos removed every single day, even though it took ages, so he wouldn't go home and his two-year-old kid thought he had tattoos. Uh, <laughs> Steve Buscemi in this looks like a really weird uh, Chris Cornell. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Like what like, you'd expect Chris Cornell to actually look like. <laughs> Instead of the, the incredibly weirdly attractive man that he was. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I'm pretty sure Brendan ha- Fraser's hair is a wig. Although it looks strikingly like my hair looked when it was very long. It did. Yes. It did. It, it did. really... Yeah. <laughs> it, was quite, it was quite nice where they... Um... They basically slag off a call-in person on the radio for being wanting tickets to people. Like, what do they refer to grunge as? Like, oh, those that's people bands shit. from Sa- yeah. Like, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, you got my hair. You could at least like my music. Damn it! What did they keep saying the genre of their music was? Was it like slap oh, power or... sludge or something? Slop power power slop. slop. Yeah, power slop. It was one of my power my slop. favorite little like running jokes was the uh, ridiculously specific subgenre names in metal. Yeah, I mean, some great there's some great power slop bands out there. Uh, my Chemical Romance, Good Charlotte. <laughs> um, pick pick your own power slop. <laughs> um, delete as applicable, I think. Uh, anyway, so Abby, you'd seen it. You liked this, though. Oh, yeah, well. I love it. It wasn't like... Because it, it died... Um, it, no, it didn't die. It, it wasn't huge. It didn't hit very big, did it? Mm. In the cinema at the time. So Yeah, it did, like, half its budget, I think. I don't even know that it's now a cult film, is it? It's just an underappreciated film, I think. It's Yeah, it's just sort of gone. Like it, people, it, people. Some people have remembered it and seen it, and there's there's so many people in it. If you're like a big film fan, you're bound to trace a line back from someone you like to this. I think if you suddenly want to watch every Brendan Fraser movie ever, um, because you either got the hots for him or uh, they were re re evaluating him or whatever, you might watch this. So there's any number of reasons you'd watch this. Uh, Anthony, have you seen this before? Uh, I used to watch this. I I I I think I've seen this film like. 20, 30 times when I was younger. Jesus. Wow. Like, it was, it was like, it... one of the films that we, like, uh, like, we'd get, like, uh, video rentals, and we'd, we'd I, I would just get, like, two or three a week, whether, like, there was anything new to watch or not. So I would get lots of repeats sometimes, and this was, like, one of them that I would just keep getting. And I remember, like, just watching it a hell of a lot when I was a kid. This and Grease 2? And I and I haven't watched it since. Like I haven't watched it since like nineteen ninety eight, kind of thing. Okay. Um, and uh, like, I re- I remembered bits of it, but I couldn't remember the whole thing. Sure. So, I like I remembered I remembered really liking it, but I was coming back with the well, I haven't seen it in like twenty plus years. Mm. It, it's you know, and if you look on like um like Rotten Tomato and Metacritic and all that, it's got like really low scores. And I, I was just kind of happy leaving it back in my memory as being a good film. So I was a bit apprehensive coming into it because I was like, I don't want to spoil the nostalgia memories. Didn't want to Ace Ventura um, it where you watch it and you're like, oh, fuck, this is really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. there's a bit of trepidation there. 
you know, it could, you know, you know, it, it is an early Adam Sandler film, and it could be quite divisive. Although he's not the main character, so I think it does unfairly get lumped in as one of the shit Adam Sandler films. Mm. But it isn't a, a, a him vehicle. It was the first time him and Steve Buscemi worked together. It was pre Adam Sandler hitting big with his like. I guess he mm. did Happy Madison, and his career took off. And then it was good and bad, and you can, you can't quite pick and choose which Adam Sandler movies you like. But I know for every one that you think is great, someone thinks that's the worst one, and then there, then there's some that are just like generally agreed on as horrible cash grab rubbish. Um, I yeah, I I make fun of Adam Sandler a lot, but I, he's he is like he's perfectly good sometimes. Sometimes he's really good. Like he's a, he's actually a good actor actually, when he tries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. also I don't begrudge him just making really lazy, not funny Netflix comedies as an excuse to go to fucking Hawaii with all his friends or whatever, because, like, yeah, fuck it. That's I mean, whatever. yeah, if you can get away with it yeah. and, you know, make money at the same time. I don't have to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> Don Cacino, yeah, would, why wouldn't you? And that also is genuinely very funny. But that's mm. on Al Pacino, really. <laughs> Willing to sell out his whole career. Yeah. Dog! Yeah, um, but you know, the, all of the actors in this have had real highs and uh, real lows. I would say the the three main metal guys are all great, though. Uh, just you have to just you know pick your poison, really. I mean, you know, uh, Steve Buscemi is that his name? Steve Buscemi. 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 Because I've heard him fucking. It's the whole Scorsese Buscemi problem of never knowing. I never settle on how to say it, but Steve Buscemi, I will say. Uh, rather than Semi, which I think is what he calls himself. Jesus. Um, Steve Buscemi uh, has done a, a large number of hits, but then occasionally he's just a small role in it. You know, okay movies, and he's in a small role in some great comedies and dramas, and so he's got a hell of a fucking IMDb now, isn't he? Like, his whole career's pretty good, and he's, he's also uh, an actual uh, real-life hero. <laughs> For being like a fireman, volunteer firefighter that was like in the fucking thick of it in nine eleven, and also never said anything about it. People just knew because they saw him. They just heard the fire calling, and he's like, "It's my time to go back to it again." Yeah, but uh, <laughs> well, you know, I, I think even Brendan Fraser, you know, people say oh, his career went off the boil, but actually, you know, they're not. They didn't just do Monkey Bone and stuff, did he? He did good and bad films. Like, Brendan Fraser like, was huge when The Mummy was on, and then mainstream audiences didn't take an interest in some of the other stuff. But I feel like they were Brendan Fraser movies pre his, like, I'm a fat guy comeback the- that he's been having lately. <laughs> yeah, there I don't are... know that he ever went away and was, like, pathetic. I always, No, I he had... Well, not pathetic, but he went away for, like, some dark reasons. <laughs> The, what the drugs and paedophilia is? What are we talking about? What was he? He got. I, I mean, I was he an addict not, or abusive? N- or we, I don't no, know. no. Dark things happened to him. He didn't do them. He, I think, during the whole like Me Too movement, he was one of the male actors who came out and said he was also like sexually assaulted and and abused by certain producers. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> and because he like pushed back or like tried to speak out he was blacklisted which is why his career tanked for a while um and it was like a combination of that and like physical injuries that he'd gotten from doing stunts on the mummy that like that's <laughs> why he kind of d- 
disappeared for a while and now he's like making a comeback but it's also why his comeback has been such a big deal because like he went through some rough stuff and had like producers basically telling him well you your career's over because you won't like fucking suck my weird dick or whatever the my fuck weird they dick. do <laughs> okay well let's not get into the dirty gossip uh, yeah he's been in he's been through some bad stuff uh, sure. through no fault of his own right but uh fuck was he in a looney tunes movie Yes, these are the, these are the real action. tragedies. All this real <laughs> life shit to Aaron, but you turn up in a, in a shit Looney Tunes movie, which let's be honest, it's pretty much all the Looney Tunes movies. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Space Jam. Sorry, everyone else is of that, my generation. Is that, is, is he, he's not in that one, is he? He's in no, a no, no, he's, in, he's in. Yeah, he's in a worse one. You can't say you like you throw Space Jam under the bus by all means, but like. There's some real turkeys. Space Jam 2, Jamie, for fuck's sake. Oh, Have you seen uh, that? Oh, my God. I don't need to. You don't, you don't need to. <laughs> um. Yeah, never mind. I feel like we're getting a bit lost here. Let's talk about Airheads itself and not worry about where these actors have come from. Uh, What's it about, guys? I mean, we not, not what's it about. How does it start? Aren't we doing the why I picked it? Oh fuck! We, Expectation yeah, we got, stuff. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Yeah, why not? Speaking of heads, get a load of this fucking guy. So, what was the reason, Jamie? Why did you pluck this out for yourself and us? Uh, Brendan Fraser. Um, like genuinely, <laughs> the reason. Um, I so he. Uh, I suppose I won't go into like the darker stuff that came up, but like you generally... molested him, and you said, <laughs> <laughs> "I want to know how does this square this um, No, uh, like Brendan Fraser is one of those actors who I feel like for a long time, and I feel like you kind of alluded to this. Um, people, for whatever reason, just assumed he was like a bad actor who was only in stupid or bad films like Probably i think for of the bad and stupid films he's hidden yeah but, but like for a long <laughs> time people were like brendan fraser what george of the jungle or what the guy from encino man encino man's good shut up no i know but that that's how people were like he was like the he was sort of like the proto himbo before that was a a term um because he was like big, hunky, handsome man who kind of played uh, dumb guys for a while. Like in this um, film. But yeah, but through the 90s, I think this is kind of one of the things you were saying. He was also in a lot of like secret good films that nobody talked about and gave really good performances in them. Um, but the like the first time I saw him in something and like registered him as, a, as an actor was uh, The Mummy. Um, and like that film is like, I think it's okay. I think it holds up okay. Not to, to get into that, but like, fine. it's yeah, it's fun. It's fine. It's it's the closest thing to a good post Indiana Jones trilogy movie that we're ever gonna get. Because you know the fucking sequels of that aren't gonna do much for anyone. Um, and but a lot of what makes the mummy work is like him. He's really good in that role as like action, sort of action comedy actor. Um, and now, you know, more recently, now he's an Oscar winner. He's having his big comeback and people are kind of looking at him and going, all right, yeah, Brendan Fraser, he's like good at acting and we've all kind of... Yeah, he can do Fat Man as... Falls Down and cries. Brilliant. <laughs> Such good acting. I mean, sure. There are, I won't I won't say The Whale doesn't have its problems, 
but um, he's also like I feel like that's one of those Oscar awards that isn't necessarily just for that role. Oh like, yeah, he's definitely getting the role for fucking GI Joe and Bedazzled, and <laughs> as you say, George of the Jungle and fucking <laughs> Monkey I'm, Bone. In, there's... It's, a, it's a it's like a long career of suffering just to get one vaguely sad movie. No, he's oh, been I... in tons of like actual oh. like. Abby, there's He's... one you like, uh, Gods and Monsters, right? You like him, and that's yeah. a serious one, right, Abby? Yeah, it's a serious one. He's always been restricted. Like, you say because he's of a himbo, but also he's very large as yeah. a person. And that is, in its own way, restrictive because he can never really play an everyman, per se. Because it's like, well, you're a fucking giant. He's too big and hot to be an everyman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least he was for a very long time. And it really played to the, his strength in Gods and Monsters because it was about him being a sort of allegory for the monster within James Wales' own life. Mm. And just the way that James Wales used to draw and sketch him because he was so statuesque. So it really worked for him in that one. Yeah, it makes a makes a great box set with uh, the nut job where he plays a squirrel or whatever. Fucking hell. <laughs> real real good dick. actor, isn't he? <laughs> okay, so, uh, apparently <laughs> we found out that Rich doesn't like Brendan Fraser. I like him. I think he's very good at this. And California man. <laughs> oh, and uh, I think the mummy's alright. And I think when he turns up, I don't think I don't like this because you're in it. I like him. I do like him. But all right, can you make is, that is known mixed. instead of being a little bitch about it? I'm just pushing back at this notion he's done loads of great hidden films when he's done maybe a couple. This is, but this is why they're hidden, because you, you haven't I even... Didn't know. Uh, yeah. Even <laughs> I'm in, saying The Nut Job is a, is a fantastic uh, film. Weirdly, the first thing I saw him in that wasn't The Mummy, where I was like, oh, he's like good at kind of serious stuff too, was uh, Scrubs. Where yeah, sure. Yeah. He, like he plays, uh, what's his name? Ah, oh, fuck, what's John C. McGinley's character? Dr. Cox. Cox. Angry Doctor. Yeah, Dr. Cox. Um, Dr. Angry. <laughs> I can remember. <laughs> um, yeah, he's his friend, isn't he? And then he dies, but for a lot of the episode, spoilers for a fucking 20 year, episode, 20 year old episode of Scrubs, um, you as the audience don't realize until the end that Brendan Fraser's character hasn't been there for a while and like he's just like imagining him because he's died. And then there's a fucking heartbreaking reveal at the end. It's before Scrubs completely disappeared up its own ass, um, mm. and was still doing like quite effective emotional episodes. And he's he was really good in that. Um, was that back in the old that that sort of stuff was going on while Ali McBeal was having a weird CGI dancing baby? Was that the same era? No, Ali McBeal. Was that that earlier again? A little bit after. That. Yeah, this yeah. Scrubs episode was like two thousand and four, I think. Just as Sex in the City was sundowning. I'm just trying to place yeah. myself in, in TV history, because it's been a while since I've uh, well, watched... Anyway, I, point yeah, is, yeah. I like Brendan Fraser. I'm glad he's having a comeback. I'm glad he got an Oscar. And I somehow, despite for a period of my life looking like I was in this movie, <laughs> had never seen it. Um I'd wow. never even seen a trailer. Like, literally, I think I was only vaguely aware of this film because I might have seen it in the video shop on the shelf. It's one of those films. Well, the trouble but is, this... Anthony added out all the time, so you never <laughs> <give it> that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, somehow, even though it's got a bunch of people in it that I like, as well as Brendan Fraser, like the cast is fucking full of people uh, who I've liked in a million things. Mm. Um, and it's like, you know, kind of demographically, it fits me. I have just, I had never seen this. Uh, and it kind of wasn't what I was expecting necessarily when I when I did actually watch it. I'm genuinely baffled that you hadn't seen this. Yeah, I don't know how this missed me because, like I said, I I definitely dressed and appeared for a while like I had built my persona around this film. A <laughs> <laughs> lot of um, a lot of cameos from the world of rock and metal in this, and I I can't believe Flea from uh, the Chili Peppers wasn't in it because he appears oh, right. in everything now. Yeah, you're right. He must have been when he was busy being in a band. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Well, they already they already have a bassist cameo in it though, because Lemmy uh, turns up. True, he trumps Flea. Yeah. Sorry. He does. I mean, yeah. if you got Lemmy, <laughs> you don't go knocking for Flea, you know, do you? Um, I will say though, I don't know who the metal bands that cameoed in it. We have one group who are pretending to be a band called uh, Thunder something. Is, uh oh. Yeah, the um... I want to say Thunder Road, but that's my. Ev- I think everything's called Thunder Road if it has a word Thunder, <laughs> thunder Road or Thunder Paradise. I I don't know my thunders, but um, it was Thunder something, Rolling Thunder. Oh, Can't remember. shit! Um, they were weird yeah. though. They were like uh, they were like an example of a uh, winners, people who'd been like promoted by the yeah, record. they'd been signed and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that band is called Degeneration. Isn't that the song that these the band and the protagonist sing though? It's confusing because they throw a lot of the same terms around. Um, Degeneration. And again, we of course, as all, all as wrestling fans, just immediately think of Degeneration X. I'm surprised no one did a suck it in this film. Quite frankly, there's some very close moments where Steve Buscemi's like showing off in front of the crowds and the police. And uh, even Brendan Fraser has a chance, and no one like does a suck it. They do a few crotch grabs. Well, this was they. before this was before Degeneration X. I'm sure they were all inspired by the the, the coolness of this. Then, <laughs> back when uh, Triple H was Hunter Hearst Helmsley and uh, Shawn no, Michaels this was, was this was before that even because he didn't debut as uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley until '95. Right, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Shawn Michaels was on back pills and had betrayed um, Bret Hart and Vince McMahon and not the other way around. Something had happened. The old that was Montreal 95. Screwjob. Still that hadn't happened. Yeah, oh, so this Shawn is Michaels pre-Montreal Screwjob. This is Shawn Michaels at his um, first zenith. I think, no, 94. He fighted Jeez. Razor Ramon at WrestleMania or something or other. We, we, we can pin it down, guys. I measure everything into the wrestling. <laughs> I'm just not very Was accurate. He, 94, he must have left the Rockers. This doesn't matter. Right. Okay. Fuck that into the bin. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. The point is, there's some good cameos in this, and I don't yeah. know who the metal bands are because I'm not up on my metal bands. Like, I, know I know a few of them. There was like I recognised a few songs. Like I know they had some Pantera, some Metallica. They had they had all sorts. There was like no nice, Metallica in this one. There wasn't any Metallica. Then nope. Well, it was a famous Even one. Of. About a dozen of them looked like Cliff Burton. There <laughs> was no Metallica. Nope. No, uh, no White way. Zombie have a cameo. Who are they? Are they Rob the Zombie's band? No, but not not who are they in real life? Are they oh. the band that fucking 
No, when work. Chris when, Chris Farley Farley's goes to the club and there's a band playing, it's them. Yeah, but you yeah, can yeah, tell you can cool. tell it's Rob Zombie because the vocals are <laughs> is he the one that's all hat and uh yeah, yeah. Hmm. i like i like Rob Zombie. i'm not taking the piss but i am also taking the piss they can keep you can keep his fucking films to himself though is an airhead just a thick person is that the idea yes yes what else would it be not just thick airhead specifically is very like oh hi hi there Right, like Polly, <laughs> Polly Shaw having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's an airhead. Yeah. I think in real life as well, right? Like a bit of a tool. So um, there's a sort of happiness and optimism to airheads. Yeah, that's true. Does it, does it connect to like metal? Because I mean, there's like air guitar, isn't there? But that's not kind of. Air guitar, well, it's airhead. it's so it it falls into the genre of people like. Uh, well, this is one of the things that was going to be in what my I was expecting, I guess. Fuck no, we have to move past expecting. No, <laughs> but I got, we can't stay. But there I was going to say the the airhead idea also I think includes characters like Bill and Ted and Wayne and Garth. Yeah, 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 where there is like a, yeah an optimism to them. Like They're a, not like almost like a surfer dude kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, audacious. It's why lighthearted. Um, the like it's it's why the the band or I guess Brendan Fraser's at least take on it is that he doesn't like the the Seattle shit because like the, well, the guys in as well. the guys in the grunge scene were much more like introspective and and kind of darker whereas like the the metalheads are more like moronic uh, and, and positive and, yeah moronic yeah. yeah but it's that yeah it's it's cool to like pick over a bin or to to like um I don't know it's it's like something's on fire cool <laughs> like, yeah that's and that's enough yeah, yeah. fire fire <laughs> yeah okay cool <laughs> so that's what that's why it's called airheads that's fine yeah. we got derailed somewhere um and I we need to pick up again from that so just where were we <laughs> what were we talking it is about? very fitting that this show has gone completely off the rails, much as uh, their idea to get yeah. their demo played in the film did as well, and they I, somehow uh, ended up gunpoint in a radio station. Is that think... where we're at? We got guns to heads. We we're leading into well, the accidental gun to head element of the podcast. We got we got derailed by me uh, telling you uh, how wrong you were about all the bands that were in the film. That's right. I because <laughs> you said Metallica all right, we don't immediately. Need to... <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll edit it out with glee if I feel like. <gasps> uh, I'm, I'd probably leave it in. I'm not ashamed of my ignorance. I hadn't heard the uh, the opening song, which is uh, I had heard. I've heard the Motorhead version, but I hadn't heard the version with Ice T, uh, sort of yell singing <laughs> over it. Is this the animated? Uh, yeah, the intro is uh, "Born to Raise Hell" by Motorhead, but this version has Ice T on it doing some of the vocals. For fun. There's a nice well, bit where uh, there's a nice bit where Adam Sandler's character Rip, or is it Pip? Pip, Pip even lamer. Uh, Pip is talking to one of the like. There's a middle-aged black receptionist who he starts. No, he's a awkward... tech, isn't he? No, 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 not the guy, the woman. Oh, oh, the woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when, oh, with the game gear. Right. Yeah, she's <laughs> played some. 
Was it Game Gear? Is that the name of that? Yes, yeah, Game Gear. Handheld. Fuck, I don't. I never think I ever came across one of them. But he's he just he's uh got her hostage to show the cops, and he's just like, oh, you, you know, I listen to a lot of black rap. Yeah. I listen to a lot of rap music, and uh, you know, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> like people, <laughs> you people are going in shops, and people think you're going to rob the place, and she's like, what are you on about? This never happened. To me. <laughs> Does that happen to you? And he's like, oh no, what? No. And let's just oh, chances that they're doing a good job, isn't he? <laughs> Let's watch him. <laughs> so funny. It's just awful. Yeah, he's he's Adam Sandler's character in this is like unusually likable for an Adam Sandler character. For for a moron who's like just a drummer and cleans pools, and like I like the glee he has when playing with toys. Like yeah, <laughs> he works at a toy store while before the band is a success. And I'm uh, talking about yeah. Oh, sorry, finish. Just that he works at a toy store. He brings home, uh, fuck. This is a this is a weird toy, but like a, a plushie of crash test dummies. Crash test dummies. Yeah. And Adam Sanders is really pleased to be playing with the toy. <laughs> that kind of innocent <laughs> man. But anyway, what were you going to say, Anthony? Just just because you mentioned he's a pool cleaner, there was a bit like later on in the film which mm. I didn't get, where they find like the cops find out he's a pool cleaner, and then like oh. Oh, this is serious. No, 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 I didn't no, get that. no it's, it's because, because the yeah, on, the uh, the is he a SWAT? Is it the SWAT team? The guys who turn up and the the yeah, guys yeah. the, the guys in in charge of it. Um, oh, what's his name? Mace, uh, who is uh, is play, played by um, ah, oh, fuck, I had it in front of me. Uh, he's played by Marshall Bell, uh, and he's fucking fantastic in this because he just plays an absolute lunatic. Um, yeah, he's he's and tr- he tries to take charge of the crime scene, and then he's on. He's doing a sort of diehard parody bit of the story yeah. with um, Kramer, and then he's, yeah. he's all the conversation goes into like a marital crisis he's having. Yeah, because he's his, his wife banging his a wife's, pool boy. His wife's divorcing him, and we hear like snippets of their like awful relationship. Oh, and you're right. The wife yeah. has left him because he she she was having an affair with the pool boy, and then left him for the pool boy. So when he hears that. Uh, Pip is a pool cleaner. He it like yeah. fucking triggers him, and I thought it was going to pay off in that Pip was the one that was having sex with his wife because we do find out that Pip fucking gets laid all the time because he's yeah. like women love his innocence. Yeah. But yeah, it never it doesn't pay off. But um, yeah, That's I just I, I really enjoyed Mace because uh, one of my one of my favorite little weird moments and line reads of the film is where they dig up uh, the main character Chaz's high school photo. Um, yeah. And it's him as like nerdy. Is it Charles? Chester. And, um, Chester. Chester. Yeah, because uh, Mace looks at the picture and goes, "Oh, Chester." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's some stuff this time around I did didn't appreciate the first. I didn't even remember there being like a diehard parody, which is all the way through. The film is, is it... also filmed like the 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 parking lot that they're filming all that in Shares is where, the, yeah, where the, yeah. Lock, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice little coincidence or touch, isn't it? Yeah, so a bit, you know, in, in essence, the film is three guys in a metal band who all are living regular lives. They're kind of, uh, I guess Brendan Fraser's playing the main one because he's got mm-hmm. a, more of a character arc with, a, with his girlfriend. Um and it begins with him trying to infiltrate a record company. It's quite a nice dynamic uh, bit of 
film where he's yeah, sneaking it's all one in. Shot, isn't it? Yeah, and he's swirling in and out of offices and trying to get. He gets past people. He's swindling his way through to, to just sort of uh, badger the bloke from Breakfast Club. <laughs> What's his name? Judd Nelson. <laughs> Judd Nelson. Yeah. Oh, that's soul patch. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> swimming play... in a suit as well. In the, yeah, the fair play. To Judd Nelson in this film, just fully committing to being an absolutely disgusting yuppie shitback. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know he, he doesn't he, breaking into the record uh, company office and trying to blag his way into getting a record deal or being listened to doesn't work. And so, upon telling his girlfriend, "I've been working really hard," uh, you know, yeah, having a business meeting turns out I was being thrown out by security. But hey. I've been trying, and his girlfriend kind of gets sick of you know working and supporting his like possibly washed up metal career, mm-hmm. and so him and his two mates of the band are together and discussing what to do, and it leads to them deciding to like go in and sort of force their way into like a um, a record and like a what's what's the radio station called? It's a radio station. It's a radio oh. station. It's, it's like K fucking S S R Q Y Y. Some letters. It sounds like a generic place. I don't know. But there's a there's a radio station they want to get played on. They take their little spool of tape because it's the nineties. Yeah, I like that. I like that they take a reel to reel in. Yeah, I mean that was a big ask. Like at any time, right? Like when are they oh, fucking? K- Sorry, K P P X is the radio station. Yeah, I don't know. And they, I don't know what that's based on, or if it's a real place. But uh, but you know, it it feels like every radio station you ever heard of in America, doesn't it? Yeah, particularly very... like hard rock station. Sure. And anyway, the, their plan is: oh, let's get in there, and we'll maybe black our way onto the radio station, and the guy, the DJ, uh, the shark, is it or something? The guy's yeah, name? Ian the shark, uh, Ian played the shark. by. Fat Tony D'Amico, Joe Mantegna. Yeah. So for me, for me as a huge fucking Simpsons nerd, it's always really weird to see Joe Mantegna in anything in like the flesh, because I'm you so used to be a mafia guy all I'm, the time. That's all I know him as, really. <laughs> like he's been in so much stuff. Like it's not fair to him as an actor for me to do this. But no. in my head, all I can see is Fat Tony. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my god, it it's so bizarre hearing that voice coming out of a human man's mouth. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of an interesting character as well, because uh he's the cool guy yeah. in the radio. Like he's not that he doesn't understand metal music that much, but he sort of likes the fact that they've they've been a bit like cheeky. The cheeky boys have come in and put chance the... their arm and there's a there's a sense that he might give them some airtime. Yeah, he admires but, what they're uh, yeah. kind of trying to do and the balls that it takes. But unfortunately, Mike McKean is not in Spinal Tap of this movie. He's a he's a record uh he's a sort of radio producer dickhead manager o- or whatever. Also, another along with John Nelson, another really good uh slimy dickhead performance. Yeah. And another horrible uh, hair thing with his <laughs> yeah. awful little ponytail. Mm. My my favorite moment uh, of his in this is when he's tied up and he's the hated character <laughs> in, the, in the hostage situation, and he still is like he's dialing phone numbers with his nose, trying yeah. to, like, <laughs> to to be oh, on thought, the air uh, while the terrorism is happening. <laughs> I thought you were going to say this the scene where he's trying to like open the door no, with his tongue. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mike McKean no. can just be relied on to be funny with whatever he's given. 
yeah, but why did he have to make all that noise when he was trying to tongue the door open? Because <laughs> it was hilarious, that's why. Uh, oh, I mean, my it balls was so go up upsetting. into my body, it was awful. I laughed. <sighs> a bit of, another bit of his tongue work was when him and Joe have a fight, and uh, or Shark, oh, yeah. Ian Shark, and they have a fight. Ah, my like, spine! And he sticks his tongue out like, like really silly <laughs> comedy nonsense. Yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, the... the this, Mike McKee's a sort of antagonist. He's more just a, like a, a dickhead yeah. in the environment. Uh, and he is putting the kibosh on these rockers who shouldn't be here getting any airtime. And then Ian the Shark is like, oh, this is this might make for interesting well, he also, radio uh, if we he broadcast also this. Has a, he has a secret plan that comes to, to the foreground later that he's turning the station into like a soft rock adult contemporary station. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, that sort of shit happens all the time, where the radio station... It's basically, the, I think it's the plot of Alpha Papa, the Alan Partridge movie as well, <laughs> where they're just rebranding the radio station and there's and it's going to screw over some of the like regulars. Oh, this is also where uh, he's introduced, introduced fairly early, uh, Michael Richards' character, Doug Beach, <laughs> yes. who I... Maybe I'm the only one here, but I felt like he was maybe a little bit too wacky in this film. There were a couple of times where I was like, "It's enough of this." I wouldn't say, I, I wouldn't say too wacky, because like comparing him to say like him in Seinfeld, like it's not wacky, but but for me it was just like, where is this going? Mm. <laughs> and it did tie in, to be fair. It did, yeah. It's not that it's unnecessary. I just thought it was a bit like the film is already generally very silly. And it already you already have Chris Farley doing his uh, comical facial expressions, but I almost feel like Farley does a better job because he's I didn't got... think his part was that necessary either, though. Like... It wasn't. They did. It does seem like they threw him in because uh, he Why was not? a friend, and they just wanted him to be in the movie, which is fine because mm. yeah. Abby, um, what were you going to say? You were going to chime in there. Abby, you about Craven? I I find it so strange, like. I had never seen him in film until we did the other radio station one. Oh yeah, the no. Wait, did now... we do that, or did we just watch it, Abby? We watched the. Uh... Oh, we just watched that of we... our own accord. The the what's it called? Um, uh, v... VHS. V... V... Was it? T H no. One of those fucking the fucking <laughs> radio station movie. Oh UHF. UHF. We didn't we do that as a that. podcast. And now I come to realise that this guy's entire filmic career involves him slithering around on the ground in pipes. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> his TV career is him sliding into rooms. And his <laughs> and his stand-up career is him sliding off the stage after using a bunch of slits. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen him in one other place I can remember in films, and it, he's uh, the bowtie killer in Problem Child 1, I think. <laughs> yes, he is. He's a thing for like he's a serial killer who guess like wears a bow tie and likes eating a certain kind of pasties or pies or something. <laughs> yeah, I, he, he turns up every now and again, but he's never like oh, I'm so glad. Like I'm always like yeah, you got Mike McKean, good, that'll be yeah. excellent. And then him, I'm like ah, you're here. I mean, yeah, Seinfeld was really like that's where you want to see Michael Richards. Like he's in a, he's sort of an essential ingredient for that specific show. Yeah. Um, and he's not, isn't like he's, he's not terrible. terrible. No, 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 he's fine, and he is funny. Um, he's just, he's it, just clambering around in the vents and being panicked 
he's like meant to be this comedy par- parody of like what happened in Die Hard, but he's like even more yeah. he's, like, pathetic and lame. And but they just have him like looking for snacks and being an in for the the SWAT team who are like this alternate cops dealing with the situation. And yeah. it's sort of like oh, I don't know. I, I, it's fine, I guess, but it didn't make me actually. The whole film doesn't make me laugh out loud very often. Even the bit I like, I'm like, well, that's, that's quietly amusing, and his stuff is almost silently amusing, like all barely, barely amusing. I had but a couple he does of throw himself around a bunch. I so. had a couple of moments where uh, I did. I was taken by surprise by something and laughed out loud. Yeah. Oh, the whole movie, not of him or like. Oh just, no, no, just just... Uh, just yeah, in the movie generally. Yeah. Um, I liked a lot of the stuff with Marcus. The um, the uh, I'm not sure what his job is. He's the like he's the black guy in the radio station. He's the pissed off. I don't want to. Yeah, be his here. whole that like he's like a uh, almost like radical. Like he's almost like. Uh, the... I like the I I like the joke, uh, and. I don't know necessarily if this joke has aged that well. I'm too maybe white to judge it, but I like the joke that like he's constantly talking about uh, how you know held down he is by the white white people in the station. But later on, he also doesn't know who Rodney King is. Yeah, yeah. I thought I that was pretty good. That, but yeah, yeah. right. I, I think uh... I also di- sorry. I also did laugh when. Uh, the hostages escape whenever they learn that the guns are fake, and the police immediately arrest him. That was funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was uh, that was like Mel Brooks style comedy yeah. in a way. And it? he's just like, "I'm a hostage," and they're just not even fucking registering what he's saying. <laughs> it doesn't matter that the guns are plastic. We must we must corral the black man. We know all the, <laughs> we know all the criminals are white guys as well, but still, yeah. yeah I also love that. Like not long after that, David Arquette tries to get back in. Yeah, his yeah. character is just so strange. Like, what the? <laughs> who the fuck is he? He's just like some vague, feels like a skater type DJ. Yeah, he's just there. He's like, oh, he's like, he's an airhead, isn't he? Because he yeah. just likes how mad this is. Yeah, he's just and, really enjoying it. And wants to come back in. <laughs> and I like how like all of the all of our protagonists are like, oh fuck off, you had a chance. Like, you <laughs> should have ran away. That you yeah. wanted to be part of the cool <laughs> takeover of the radio station. Uh, but yeah, we haven't talked about the fact that the band are called the Lone Rangers either, have yeah. we? Oh, don't. You don't like that joke, Abby? No, well, no, it's the joke makes sense in terms of the film. They are that stupid that they would call themselves the Lone Rangers. But it just, as an English nerd, it, it hurts me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate the people, people within the film also being like, you can't call, you can't be called that. But they had the airhead reaction of like, "What? I don't see. Even though you've explained it to me, I don't understand why you can't have more than one Lone Ranger." (laughs) And that that kind of is metal bands are always named stupid names anyway. So it is. It feels very. Yeah. There's a reason. I don't call it anal cunt. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what the plus cool. It's like Uh, no one's going to publish that. You can't put that poster up. I um. (laughs) Speaking of, um, yeah. it is the band the in the in movie band that you were trying to think of earlier is the Sons of Thunder, the Sons um, of Thunder. and they are played by the Galactic Cowboys. 
all galactic cowboys. So you're wrong about metal bands, Jamie, because you thought they were called Degenerate, and that's just one of the songs, so... Shit. Hmm. <laughs> Not so metal-heady now, are you? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, that's good, thanks. Thanks for the fact check. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Lone Rangerers. <laughs> the... I like also that they, like... They suggest they should be called the Three Rangers, which sounds a little bit too much like the Power Rangers to me. There's no good version of the Lone Rangers as a name for a band. Uh, but it's in, it feels right. It feels like the sort of stupid shit a metal band would call themselves. Uh, a lame one, anyway. And I think that's the vibe of these guys. I was Honestly, really there's... disappointed when they played their song at the end. I was like, fucking hell, this wasn't worth it at all. Especially because there was song. so much build-up as well. Yeah, and you think that you don't need to have the song played because the whole point is we can't get the tape. Like the first tape, uh, they don't have a reel to reel. They can't play out the record, and that keeps them there with their. And because it is essentially they're there just without fake toy guns. Uh, well, they have the fake toy guns because Steve Buscemi brought them, but like they're just like, please put us on the radio, kind sir. That'll be cool. And then that can't work because they don't have reel to reel. They. You know, it's the nineties, yeah. not um, fucking seventies or whatever. Um, so they, that that doesn't work. It destroys the tape. They can't play it. The um, and then they need the, the real tape, right? They they need, and that's the only other copy is in the. Well, it's in the possession of Chaz. Is that Brendan Fraser's? Yeah, really. Right, Chaz's girlfriend who broke up with him has the Killer. tape. She's thrown it out of her car. We get lots of comedy cutbacks to it being. Uh, low riders jumping on it and yeah. uh, animals pissing uh, on it. And stuff. Yeah. Mm. Um, the song, by the way, the disappointing song that we finally yes. hear. That's the bat. It is a, it is a version of a song called "Degenerated" by uh, the band Reagan Youth, mm. um, and that is actually Brendan Fraser singing it at the end, which I didn't realize. Well. Not, uh, not I mean, per- perfectly reasonable, mediocre metal vocalists. But the, the lyrics were just like, oh, something about yeah, some it was called Johnny, a, and then it was just kind of a degenerate. Yeah. It reminded me of uh, fucking Aaron Paul in Breaking Bad when he's fucking singing his little song that he played when he was in a metal band to himself. He's just, what's that, Anthony? Do you remember? Like, he's just, he says, he pat, kind of hits the dashboard in a car in one episode. I mean, do you remember? You've been watching Breaking Bad. And he's like, what's the word Aaron Paul says? Do my head in. Anyway, fucking, it sounds about as good as Mystic Spiral from Daria. Just this song. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like in Bill and Ted when you know finally hearing the song that's supposed to unite the world, and it's just God gave rock and roll to you. Yeah. I mean, they could because they have it. They they have this idea that oh, we can't get this the tape played. Uh, it's like the, the power's shut off at the radio station because of the police hostage situation. And then eventually they agree to put the power back on. They still can't get it played because the girlfriend smashes uh, some of the machinery because she's angry with Brendan Fraser. And it's like oh no, and then they're gonna they helicopter in a concert. Uh, fucking stage <laughs> somehow, and they're like going to produce a music video live to the crowd um, and, and it's still they don't play because they, they don't want to like mime and yeah, they don't so want to lip sync. we eventually hear the song when they're in prison for their crime uh, which is six months is six months an okay uh, six time? six months but they get out in three for good behaviour 
for terrorism, they didn't domestic actually terrorism. hurt anyone. Yeah, they didn't really do anything. They broke into a radio station. They tied up Mike McKean. Admittedly, he's part of a record deal, possibly. He spray, they sprayed hot sauce in someone's eye. Vandalism. Uh, they did actually take hostages. Get out of the fucking knock, guys. Jesus. I just want well, to also, kind of appropriate amount of they, they kind of won over everyone that they kind yeah. of kidnapped. So. Oh, and no, Mike McKean could you, be bought you off entirely. You don't go to jail if you win everyone over. Well, well Mike, Mike McKean had 5% of their uh, their deal, so he would have uh, wanted that to go through. That's true. Judges. If nobody off. presses charges, then there's only stuff that's provable Yeah. without witnesses. Also, you're, fucking, you're lawyers, though, are you? Also, uh, what is this, 94? So nine years before Metallica do their St. Anger uh, prison music video, and oddly enough, the mediocre performance in this film is better than that song. So, <laughs> Saint Anger, out. you telling me Metallica you flush it out? You flush it out. You flush it out. You flush it out. God Almighty! Frantic, tick, 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 tick. No, that song's good. That one's good. That's the one good song on that album. I also like that. That's because it sounds like a children's song that could be on Sesame Street. <laughs> teaching you how to fucking count or something. It's just, it's one of those Metallica songs that's ingeniously stupid, and that's why I like it. Okay, well, I didn't know there were so many, like, mines you could hit with Metallica opinions. Apparently you've got, got to be very I've got careful. a few. Yeah, okay. Um, anyway, back, back to it. So this hostage situation basically happens because they go from cheeky boys chanting their arm uh, to Mike McKean being a dick. So the Buscemi pulls out a fucking toy gun that looks real because they've been recalled, yada, yada. They yeah. explain why they look vaguely realistic. Uh, and there's like, right, we're fucking going to force you to do it. We're going to put, put us on the radio. But then, oh, no, comedy ensues. They don't have uh, the recording. And so they're kind of holding everyone hostage and making friends with them in the radio station, and it gets out of hand. Uh, and I think it's it, like because the Kramer is is aware of what's happening because they're like they're live broadcasting the debacle, yeah, or for views or for listeners, I suppose, in a canny attempt to get attention uh, for for the radio station. And so the cops are called, and they may they run away at one point, don't they? But there's one cop out there, and they sort of go, "Oh fuck." This is trouble, what? and then it, okay. then it genuinely becomes trouble, right? What? What was Adam Sandler doing with that weird little dance <laughs> at the cop? Was he doing Confusing the robot? Him? What was happening? Well, it's because the cop was copying him. I think he was like, a, "Well, if if the cop's copying me, will he copy me doing this?" I have to assume that was a Sandler ad-libbing. It looks like the kind of thing he would do hmm. without prompting. But that, that, like, is that that's the linchpin for it escalating, really, isn't it? It's because he does cop... a stupid dance at the cop. Yeah, well, no, no, yeah. because they bail and go, oh no, the cops yeah. are here. But they're not necessarily in a lot of trouble because it's just they're checking out what's going on. Yeah, they kind of make it worse themselves most of most of the plot. Yeah. So, Abby, what do you, what do you think? Is this like a is this a uh? Is this a ripe premise for comedy, or is it sort of like a bullshit um, 
I mean, you like, I mean, we know you like it, so I don't know why I'm, I'm going to ask you, but like, what do but you... No, Jesus. Rich, think back to yeah. the the comedy pedigree of the three idiots. It's, the it's comedy a... pedigree? What's those art wrestling references now? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, like, the, the, the three classic... Three Stooges or something. Yeah, that, yeah, just how it's a formula that has worked for a long, long time now. And... Yeah. You know, you can count on it. Put three idiots in a room and just let things happen. Yeah, happen. so... Yeah. So, it, like, it, it, to you, it's a, it's a classic comedy format. Idiots make a situation get out of hand. And uh, it's playing around with the, the, the characters that appear in a radio station. And the no, the nature of trying to get a record deal, not wanting to be sellouts, and being morons who also want to make demands to the police. Like, they, there's, like, a one bit where they... They realize uh, uh, they kind of realize they're accidentally taking the place hostage, and they have not thought about it. So every part of the hostage situation that plays out like a cliched hostage movie is a fun surprise for them. And they go, "Oh, <laughs> we get to make demands of the police. How about we ask?" And then the, they want to plead insanity if they get caught. So they're like, "Oh, I'm going to order some stuff I want, like a cool fucking bass guitar or something, but also like a helmet full of cottage cheese and thirty Moby Dicks." Uh, Oh, Initially yeah. Initially filmed, but then books. Because I like that. Yeah, I. Well, no, I like the joke of that of uh, thirty copies of Moby Dick, the book or the movie. They made a book out of it. Sure, the book. Yeah, like, it's a nice, it's a nice bit. There's lots of stuff like this where it's a little bit of fun, and but it's not like it's it's not hilarious, is it? It's just sort of there was more, um, like just lower key, still kind of. Not subtle, but like more kind of dialogue-based humor than I was expecting. I was expecting this, I think, to be more kind of like wacky, maybe gross-out physical comedy stuff. Like yes. I think I was expecting a more Adam Sandlery movie than it actually is. Yeah, you, it's more if you're paying attention, what people are saying is funny. They're not like yeah hitting everything like it's a hilarious punchline. They're just amusing in the the way they react, and uh, there's, there's just a funny bit where. When the fight breaks out, uh, Steve Buscemi, who's got a gun and is supposed to be keeping them hostage, is like, oh, a fight! And he's like really yeah. excited for genuine <laughs> violence. And the bit, also Steve Buscemi is, he's looking after the, the hostages while the other two are off doing something, the other two hostage takers, as it were. And he's sort of just chatting up the woman and they come back and he gets all serious, like, oh, I, was, I wasn't yeah. slacking. <laughs> and there's just a general sense of these are happy morons who shouldn't be doing and that's that one of the things that's nice about it is it never is like this it's never tense like are these guys going to go actually mad it's they're silly yeah. nice guys and they've befriended most of the people in the office it's just a bit awkward and it, they're crap so they have to wait around until you know it can be over you know I will. I will say the film is really good at either like the the, the two kind of jokes that they do are like they'll set they'll they'll do a throwaway joke, which isn't that funny. But then they'll bring it back again later, yeah. um, uh, like uh, surprisingly. So they're very good at that, and also like set they're very good at setting up something which will reappear later on and be funny. Yeah, like Brendan Fraser's girlfriend getting set up at the start, and then we cut to her like Chris Farley's off trying to find her. 
when the when the police are told oh, the only you have to the hostage demand they need most is get a tape from my ex girlfriend. She could be set like a blonde in leather on the on the strip. Go find her. And then so Chris Farley gets to fuck around in a metal bar and pull people's nipple rings out. And, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> I will I will say that that scene was like the, the thing that I remembered most about the film was having <laughs> some guy having his nipple ring pulled out. Yeah. Weirdly. I don't know what that says about me. See that, <laughs> that that joke was more of I was expecting far more of that out of the film. But it was just that one yeah, because Chris Farley's role here is just to have people make fat jokes and abuse him, and he'd be a bit. Important. That was his role in a lot of stuff. <laughs> he's just fat, sweaty was... man runs around and is told what to do when he's bullied. He was trying to be a good cop as well. Yeah, he kept saying yeah. stuff like, "Oh, but this review said it's like we know what the review said. <laughs> they don't know what it's like." And you're like, "No, let There's him something... be a good policeman." One of the things about. Chris Farley, and it's something with like physical comedians that the one the ones who are or the ones who I find really funny are the ones who are doing it in this sort of barely contained sort of way, which Chris Farley has. Like it's like he looks kind of like he has like a, a blank Mania. expression, but oh, there's yeah, exactly. there's almost just this like shuddering like uh, explosion always just underneath the surface. Um, yes. There's um, the moment again, another moment that took me by surprise and made me laugh out loud. Really simple, um, bit of physical comedy from him uh, is when his the they they're calling they call the cops for something and his phone goes off and he just throws it throws immediately it up into the air and then captures it just from the panic. Hmm. Actually, I think that I think that's the thing with it is I think back at all the moments of comedy and well, sorry, sorry, comedy all the way through, but like I think back at the moments of oh that was alright and yeah that was funny, but I but I didn't sit there thinking this is brilliant. I can't like I love it. I wasn't thinking this is like we own it on DVD, and I never think oh you know can't wait to watch Wareheads for the umpteenth time like I'm fourteen year old and like or I, yeah, <laughs> but like I I genuinely am like oh and it always leaves me a bit ah it's alright. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because it's like they explore the premise, but it, it's it's only ever a bunch of stupid people being a bit stupid, isn't it? I, I will say, if I had a, a pick of a, a major problem with it, it would be that a lot of the stuff happening is very it's non congruent. Like you have the stuff with um, the guy in the in the vents just kind of happening on the side, and then the stuff with like Chris Farley just kind of happening on the side, which yeah. So he's it is a little Adam, disjointed. Adam Sandler has side bits as well. Like he's chatting up the blonde receptionist, and then he has a bit where he sort of sneaks off and has kind of comedy sex with her. My favorite bit, actually, when I did genuinely laugh, was uh, Adam Sandler's being ridden by this woman. He's, yeah, he's naked, and 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 she's riding him, and I think Kramer's in like a vent or hidden somewhere, and he's sort of oh, he's, he's behind the couch. The room. Yeah. Sure. But Adam Sandler just at the end of uh, having sex with him goes, "Help!" Yeah, like, really weird. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up as well. That's yeah, she's so like, good. she's riding him and her, she's like rubbing his face really, yeah. like, for some reason, like squishing it. And yeah, he's just yeah. making noises. And then at one point, he just goes, "Help!" <laughs> and then it just cuts away. Yeah, I not, that it's not, not even like a rape help, but like a literally just, I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm so meek and weird. I don't know. <laughs> And then we get we get Adam Sandler like they have him like 
Mike McKean like breaks into the, he's trying to escape because they've decided he's too much of a prick to have doing anything. So they've tied him up and he, go, he wants to go for a wee or some shit. He's trying to yeah, get yeah. away, and he goes into the room they're having sex in, and he's annoyed they're having sex. Or, yeah, his office, and they're having sex on his couch and all that. And then they're like embarrassed and caught. But then Adam Sandler's holding his little pool boy beanie over his crotch. But you're staring at him going, Adam Sandler is is those. It's a six pack on Adam Sandler. What's happening? This is the thing this with guy. this is the thing with uh, like comedy actors a lot of the time, especially if they're like physical comedians. They're always shockingly buff. And Adam Sandler, I mean Adam Sandler's older now, but like he wears massive jerseys all the time. He's like, yeah. like he's wearing jerseys that would fit on Kevin Smith, like you know, in back in the old days. <laughs> so you never have a good sense of Adam Sandler's physique. Uh, occasionally, you know, he's. A, I don't actually think I've seen him that naked in anything else I could think of. I mean, this is him, you know, probably physically in his prime because he's yeah. in his twenties here. And now he's now he gets in good shape. Now he just gets Steve Buscemi to fucking get naked, doesn't he? Uh, also, not, not um, Steve Buscemi. Steve... Sorry, sorry. What the fuck's his name? Rob Schneider. Now he gets Rob Schneider to just get his ass out. Is what I was thinking. Um. Pull Ranky uh, in his other comedy movies. You were gonna say you were saying, uh, yeah, a jersey that would fit Kevin Smith back in the day, but Kevin Smith is still wearing those jerseys too. Yeah, just they over his weird. I fit. have HIV frame. He <laughs> has now. Now it's more like a tent. Yeah, but it is just like you. You don't get. You don't expect Adam Sandler. Uh, again, it is, it is youth looking so in shape. He's just this comedian. He's just a stand-up at that point, an actor a little bit. So it's like he's more hell. buff than Brendan Fraser. You see Brendan, Brendan Fraser, Fraser topless in this film. He's just like a skinny, normal yeah. guy. It seems odd, doesn't it? She is also funny in this as well. The um the receptionist, I don't know the actor's yeah. name, Nina Simazko, I think it's pronounced. Yeah, there's a there's a handful of staff that are sort of funny and they have their bits to do. Yeah, and I think in in the shark or whatever his name is, the DJ guy, he's an interesting character just because he has to go on a character, he has to sort of learn who the band are and like them and side with yeah. them and then wrestle them free from the villains of the piece, which is essentially Mike McKean and the record producer guy later on. And so he's a, he's a kind of hero of the film uh, and the cool one at the radio station, while being, you know, a lame guy in a Hawaiian shirt. So another part that was very good for, for me was, I think you mentioned it even before we properly entered the podcast, Jamie, but it was Beavis a butthead call into the the kind of ad-libbed giveaway that the band decide should happen because they discover a bunch of tickets and merch they think they can throw to the people who've gathered in excitement at the hostage situation at the radio that's live on air. Um, but Beavis and Butthead phone in and say the band sucks at... They've, I, like that, I like that it's canon that Beavis and Butthead, of course they think they suck, but they check that they're the Lord Rangers and they've seen them because they're kind yeah. of metal airheads. And they suck. <laughs> and I've got to agree with Beavis and Butthead on this one. <laughs> uh, I think I think it was the most appropriate cameo we had. I had no idea that uh, there was a Mike Judge Beavis and Butthead cameo in this. And I was kind of knocked sideways a little bit on the fact that so canonically Beavis and Butthead are real human people in this universe. And that they all react like these are just fans that could have plausibly called it. There's never yeah. like, are you guys Beavis and Butthead? They're just like, yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're just um, like, you're dumb. We just said you're on air. You fucking so is get this to the point, isn't it? 
was is this film in the universe that they would have uh made the uh proposed was it Adam Sandler uh David Spade live action Beavis and Butthead movie? No, uh, because this is the world with the actual Beavis and Butthead in. This is the world of Adam Sandler is in a band. No, no, no. Beavis and Butthead well, scene. Where are Beavis and Butthead from? Uh Texas. Hmm. I knew that fucking immediately. Because <laughs> <laughs> where it's where Mike Judge is from, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. But then where's Daria from? Does Daria didn't live in Texas? And she's from the same school, so she must be. I think in da- in this the spin-off series, Daria has moved somewhere else. Like they've or <laughs> Right. Uh God, what's the name of the town Beavis Ambassador in? Because Arlen is where fi- King of the Hill. Fi- are they fictional places though? King of the Hill is set in a fictional town in Texas. Yeah, I think Daria is set in a fictional place as well. But like, oh, so gonna... what we're saying is, this universe, Airheads is a band that can play in a world where Beavis and Butthead can listen. So, so they're animated, which is bizarre. But Beavis and Butthead also watch a lot of metal on TV, and they're real bands, aren't they? So, you know, essentially, I'm what I'm thinking, actually, I slagged off Mystic Spiral earlier, the band from Daria, but like, they could open for these the Lone Rangers, right? <laughs> like they're they're like a stupid band that gets famous for being hostage, taking hostages in a radio station and go to jail. They need an opener. It could be Mystic Spiral. They fit right in. Although they might be more grunge, they might not get on. I don't know. What else oh. would be? What else is canonical with the Beavis and Butthead universe? They uh, the whole. They travel the universe and everything now. Highland but is the name of the town in Beavis and Butthead. Highland. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. Thank you. Well, but aren't there other things that connect up the world of my? Because is King of the Hill also part of the same world? He knows Beavis and Butthead, or is that not? No, he, that, you're he, thinking he of Tom like, Anderson. He looks like the neighbor from Beavis. So that's not. No, he's sat, well, it's Mike Judge uses the same voice for Tom, Tom for Hank Hill that he used for Tom. But then, so that Hank Hill lives in a different. Te- he lives in the real Texas. No, and, because no. Arlen is not a real place. Fuck, man. So do these worlds collide? Can can Hank Hill be annoyed with the airheads in in, in <laughs> the story or not? I don't know. Anyway, this is this is we leave it for the hard lore of the hills have also had a cameo in the Simpsons, and they were flesh coloured, not yellow. So this gets even more complicated. So is the DJ in the mafia in Hank Hill's world? <laughs> oh my god! Which connects it up to. Fucking Family Guy, because the Simps- once you're in the once the Simpsons is connected, that's that's yeah. the Kevin Bacon fucking gold star. Then you've fucking <laughs> you're you've inseminated all culture. Then haven't you? So it's a movie's real. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they phone um, in. It's funny. There's also one of the bits they do in the radio station as part of the hostage negotiations and other bullshit that's kind of worth mentioning. Well, I it isn't related to that. I just wanted to to give some praise because he doesn't have a lot to do in this film, which is a shame. But the the always underappreciated Ernie Hudson, yeah, I'm he's always kind of doing the straight man guy trying to do a good job, but getting yeah, but surrounded by morons. But uh, I'm always I always just like seeing him in stuff, and I always remember how much of a fucking the shit end of the stick he got from Ghostbusters. <laughs> Well, speaking of Ghostbusters, it's not the only Ghostbusters oh, yeah. connection, is it? Yeah, Harold yeah, yeah. Ramis turns up as a fake, well, as a policeman as well. 
undercover and I like I really like the way they find him out with the two questions they ask him. The trick question about Lemmy and God is very good. Well, the first one is the uh, whose side did you take, uh, David Lee Roth or Van Halen? And he takes Van Halen's side, and then he. Uh, but whenever they like go like ah fuck off and kick him out, he does have an actual opinion on it, where he's like, look, they sold a lot of records after they got rid of David Lee Roth. Okay, it's like, <laughs> like I like that he had genuine investment in that. That's but then, good. yeah, the trick question was uh, was uh, who would win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? And he says Lemmy, and they say wrong. God, wrong. Trick question. Lemmy oh. is God. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I feel like, I mean, it's a good joke, and I but I feel like I need some sort of question like this, like a, a very like you know maybe it would be like a wrestling thing where you'd be like, who screwed Brett? Hmm? <laughs> like did Brett screw Brett or did Sean <laughs> screw Brett or Vince screw? You know, you'd be like, ah, no, who was you know. It was me, Austin, all along. We need one of those questions that can find out if you truly are a wrestling fan or not. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that's what I think that's what I'm realizing is even though I sat there like, oh, this is all right. I the more we talk about it, the more I go, oh, that was good and that was good. I yeah. don't have that many bits where I'm like, well, that was shit. There was just bits it's... where you're like that could that wasn't optimum. But uh, it is like, a you know, it like all adds to the the piece, doesn't it? It it's. And I'm speaking as someone who speaking as someone who hadn't ever seen it before, so I had no real like uh, nostalgia or anything kind of coloring it. It's a very not it's a it's a perfectly good comedy. So Anthony, you you revisited this after a long hiatus of having watched it a lot. How did it hold up to you? What what was the surprise? I mean, you did mention a little bit of the surprises that that you didn't remember, but, like, how did it hold up upon revisiting? Do you know what? I really enjoyed watching it again. It's 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 just a fun, not serious film. Yeah. That was, that was just really just kind of just fun to watch. But not just that, like, it's, it's directed well, it's paced well, it's, you know, it's not riotlessly funny. But I I, I, I I connected with like a lot of the jokes, like um, like I said before, like either repeating themselves or uh, are paying off later on in mm. in thing, and like you know it it was well directed, it had a lot of flair to it. I think it's um, well written as well. Like the construction of it, yeah. it's, it emotionally play, pays off, even though like some bits are a bit well that's ridiculous or a bit contrived. Everything's thought about. All the characters have something to do, and a, a, everything has enough purpose to it and enough of a concept. Agreed, and it just felt like a lost kind of Adam Sandler meets SNL film. That, mm. like, the, the, like the, this is what those films should be. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be enough of a. It's okay just to be a good comedy. It's, yeah. You don't have hmm. to be the the new smash thing. You don't have to be oh, Hangover really caught on with audiences. Let's all make Hangover. It's like Ugh. no, just do a movie. Yeah. It's fine. Like oh, haha, I enjoyed. I liked it. That that's enough in a comedy. I don't think everything. Needs it's to not. Be yeah, it's not the best so ever. Slapstick that it's just fucking annoying. Like I mentioned Ace Ventura earlier, and maybe it's just me, but like 
those films are insufferable now, and I fucking loved them when I was a kid. Yeah, um, I mean, you, you could easily have like three more on metalheads. Could be annoying, and actually, they're all quite likable because they're yeah, not overbearing or over. That's not, none of them are too confident. They they're confident in their music, but they're not like pricks. They're quite affable and yeah, and a bit pathetic in ways, aren't they? That was that was one of the things going in that I was expecting is especially because of the sort of general con- like critical consensus around it, or even audience consensus around it. I was expecting them to be much more like. Uh, hey, um, you know, uh, Wayne's World, Beavis and Butthead and Bill and Ted are a big thing. Let's do that. And yeah. then just be mm-hmm. like three shit versions of those characters where they're just like, sure. uh, and like, no, they're actually like characters. And I was really surprised. Yeah, it is. It, it could easily fit in with those types of things, though those are a little little higher quality. I do think you know, Wayne's World's got some dumb stuff in it that's like, it's like, like you say, like we kind of bring up the SNL style comedy. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. it kind of fits in with that. It's all right, isn't it? Blues Brothers, Wayne's World. It, it could equally be like, oh, Airheads as well. You know, like it's not going to hit the highs of like this is Spinal Tap, which is like a purely well observed satire. Well, it's but, not high concept like that. No, it's just a little bit, and it is making fun of a lower kind of level of fandom as well and like a, a t- demographic of people that it's like it's not meanly having a fun fun it's not meanly ha- lampooning thick metal people and yeah it's not, i think it's not trying too hard to please them it's just that's representing them that was part way. of it for me i think part of the surprise was that it's not mean-spirited yeah it's just sort of light and silly and how people yeah. are abby what about you this is something you've you know liked so was it does it still hold up watching it this time? Yeah, it's still one of my little pet films. Was there anything and new I... this time around that you were like, oh, I didn't notice this about it? Or was there any new parts that you were surprised by? It's more just I've picked up a few more of the references over time. Yeah. So it's aged with you nicely because it was right for you and now you're older. There's more you've consumed, more references you get. Is that what you mean? Skewing slightly more towards the DJ than the band now. You scream oh god no even that's fucking dated now isn't it? Jesus you could, you could imagine this made in every era of music and it would just be you could imagine it and I think it would be appalling if any do you know other what's, time. Yeah do you know what's horrifying now is that the DJ talking about like the older bands that he likes, he'd be talking about fucking Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Oh my god. Well there's a nice bit where the metal guys are like, uh, oh, classic rock, blah. People always like say how good the Beatles are. And then they actually go, Oh, what's so what's so clever about Purple Haze or something? It's like, yeah, actually in fairness. I mean Purple Haze is legitimately one of the best guitar songs ever. Yeah. But it's just you know what, shit. about smoking or something. Of all the of, of the of the band though, Pip seems to be the one who actually has like the best and broadest taste because he talks about Hendrix, but he also talks about like Public Enemy and Anthrax doing yes. that song together. Like, um, yeah, there's a bit more also, snobbishness from Chaz and uh, what's Pip's yeah. character called? Um, uh, Rex. Uh, yeah, Rex. Yeah, they're a bit more like got a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, like gatekeeping you know, or whatever. But drummers are always the thick ones, right? More affable and just make, let me play drums. Are you saying Dave Grohl is thick? He's Dave very Grohl. affable. He's also does more than play drums. That's true. Mm. But that is what he's best at. 
I but, also, I but people would be annoyed if he cameoed in this, wouldn't they? They'd be like, fuck off, Foo Fighters, and fucking all that. And well, this is 94. Oh, yeah. He would have. This is. Yeah, I don't know anyway, they'd master. be annoyed yeah, yeah. Him, if him and Tenacious D were in it. They'd be like, oh, fucking garbage. This is Sorry, actually Abby, a better guys. Tenacious D film than the actual Tenacious D film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Abby, what I are you going to say? I was just going to say that Dave Grohl has talked about how stupid he is. Like, he thinks he's stupid. Just when he talks, he seems stupid. Mm. I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the Foo Fighters. Don't, I just find them, the music very boring. But It's very commercial it's, and very accessible. It's very bland to me, but Dave Grohl himself is just a delight. Oh, he's, the a, time. he's the absolute mensch of the rock world, isn't he? Um, I did want to uh, just yeah, I wanted to appreciate that uh, Lemmy cameo briefly. <laughs> um, what, did, what, did he, what was it he shouted again? I uh, well, it's, it's the bit where it's the bit where it comes out that Chaz was a nerd in school, and his real name is Chester. Yeah, he and he says D&D, he played D and D. Short hair, like, but then we a, have solidarity from the crowd. I played D and D too, and then uh, uh, Lemmy says. That was the editor of the high school magazine. My Lemmy talking impression's not good. He's too northern. <laughs> and um, Lemmy. And Lemmy, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I haven't well been to... smoking and eating red meat and drinking whiskey for 50 years. They did well um, to tear him away from an arcade video game in the Rainbow <laughs> Bar. <laughs> yeah, actually... Fuck, I didn't even think about it. That's probably how they got him as a cameo, because he was just in the fucking rainbow room. <laughs> they were they like, just dangled some wanna... cigarettes in front of him and said, come this way. Also, the guy who followed him, I used to masturbate constantly. Yeah, I don't know if that's on the same level. Um, but, that's uh, all metalhead still, and always, uh, right? Like, what are you talking about? But uh, anyone know where Lemmy got his nickname from? Playing Lemmings? I don't know. Because he used to ask for, to borrow money off people in school, and he always used oh, to say, "Let me, let me a quid, let me a quid." So people just started calling him Lemmy, and that's where Brilliant. he kept it. His real last name is actually Kilmeister, though. So fucking hell, how is that not the band name? For, I, for band, that's, right? but it's my, it's one of those names, isn't it? It's like his name is your last name's Kilmeister. You're either going to be a serial killer or a rock star. You yeah. literally have no other choice. Well, it's, it's also like, funny well... that his real name is Ian. But, you know, Ian Kilmeister. It's still a rock star name because it's fucking Kilmeister. Yeah, it's a bit like our realisation uh, pre-pod that Roger Moore is the actor's name in a Bond film, not a character in a Bond film. with a yeah. name <laughs> It's like, what? That's not right. I remember I looked up, just out of curiosity, what the guitarist Zach Wilde's real name is. And it is Zach Wilde. And I thought, well then, yeah, fuck it. You you were born, and your parents handed you a guitar as a small child, and said you don't have a choice. <laughs> hmm. uh, but anyway, with this airheads business, uh, it wraps up basically with uh, the, I, the, the the Mike McKean is discovered to have known about the radio station being called Rain. Uh, well, he was doing fucking... it. He was changing well, he's it. He's in to... charge of it, and yeah. He blames the bigwigs, uh, but he's got all this merch of future. Like he's the, the rather clever, rather conveniently, the radio station is going to stop playing whatever music at midnight and become an easy, shitty, easy listening uh, radio station and be called the the rain. What's the slogan for the rain? 
listen to the smooth sounds of the, or the calming sounds of the rain or something. Or something yeah. like that, yeah. Maybe yeah, I want to vomit my own eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's going on, and that becomes the thing that gets the other people on the radio station pissed off at him and less annoyed with the hostages. It comes out that their guns are broken and fake, and it, it all sort of it, it escalates, but then it de-escalates because they actually there's enough media interest for the the money grabbing capitalists to come and want to actually sign them, and so Soul Patch Dickhead comes from the record company and is allowed in, and he's trying to like get a deal together. Mike McKean is like, oh, I can I sniff some money out of this, and then yeah. They're convinced to sign a record label to some protest, and it all just builds to them. Right, it's the hostage situation can culminate in us getting what we want. Is we want to play our song? We're going to do that. We're going to fly in a, a, a stage, play live. We, I think, I talked about how you know they they don't want to like mime, so they end up just smashing their stuff up and stage diving while yeah. the new song plays, and it's kind of, yay! Hey now, you're a rock star! You're <laughs> man. It's just like the end of Rat Race! Du, 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 du. <laughs> I think, uh, if I remember right, Nirvana got banned from Top of the Pops because they refused to lip sync, so the song played, and they just played a completely different song at the classic, same time. Classic Top <laughs> of the Pops moment, actually, yeah. But like, uh, we basically then the music video that they make success with, uh, off the back of this hostage situation, um, record opportunity was them playing in prison, and so they're in orange jumpsuits playing, and they 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 explain that their album, uh, live in jail or whatever the fuck it was, yeah. was a success, and, all, uh, and Ian the radio is also guy, now their manager, sorry? yeah, the guy from the, yeah, the guy who would have been fired, uh, shark. Is the manager, yeah, and uh, I guess because they're out in six to three months, hooray! Like, um, what's yeah. the face? The girlfriend the... is is happy because they are a success as well. I guess. Yeah, that, and, you know that's just you know it's like a nice silly upbeat ending for these guys we've got to know as uh, yeah. Again, there's no rogues. There's no like mean joke at the end. Yeah, they're not like shot to death by the cops or. The record cut. They do do a nice like faker where it feels wrong that he's going to sign the contract, but he's going to, and then he takes it back when he realizes that he'd sort of be a sellout, and yeah. it's all like you know shallow and, and money grabbing, which is not the ethos of I don't know stoner metalheads. I don't know. I feel like it, it's it, it is a it is an unsung gem from the past. Uh, but I don't know, are many people going to enjoy this? I mean, you kind of have to be... Can people enjoy this if they're not... not? Is it, like, because we're the right age or what? What do you think, guys? Maybe. We're a little young for it, some of us, I think. Abby, you're about right, as the elder statesman. Hey. <laughs> How old are you, Jimmy? Uh, 38. Okay, that's right. Yeah, you're in the middle. All right, I accept elder statesman. <laughs> well, is it? Do you think Abby would work for like younger people? Will they appreciate it, or will everyone just be going, "Oh, look how hot and young all the actors I like are"? Well, based on the reviews on Letterboxd, oh yeah, so young and hot, look at him. Is the reaction? Oh, <laughs> sexy. How hot is I mean, everyone? almost all of them started with, "I don't usually talk like this," but oh. It's Letterbox like, do you exclusive. not usually? Letterbox is for people ranting about their thirst traps, basically. I mean, 
<laughs> Brendan Fraser is a fucking hunk in this movie. The three of them, like Adam Sandler, to got naked and showed himself off, and like Buscemi is looking the coolest he has. And then Brendan Fraser had your hair, Jamie. So I don't know how complimentary I want to be, but he looked yeah, young. And he said, had my oh. hair, but I... <laughs> you're just jealous because they have hair. <laughs> who, who wore it better? Adam Sandler in the middle. I I have a tidy pool boy beanie <laughs> that I wear backwards for some reason. I hide the logo of my corporate overlords. What I liked about his pool cleaning, he he gets the pool, he has the they have that weird like metal head band that they travel in, and it's like his pool cleaning. Uh, I don't know whatever the company is. And when he took his tools out, he just threw uh the the net for fishing leaves out just. Outside, so it's on the ground. There's <laughs> a very like, yeah, people who don't care. Like even when Bushemi's in the toy shop for one scene, and one like coworker's like, "Oh, you should mop," and you said you'd do this, and then he's like, "Yeah, whatever, fuck off." And <laughs> yeah, throws his tab at him, and he's not quitting his job. He's just doesn't give a fuck. There's yeah, he doesn't general... quit. He's just leaving. Yeah, yeah. There's a not give a fuck authenticity to the metalheads of this that I like. Even Brendan Fraser with his girlfriend isn't he doesn't apologize and he kind of makes it a drama when he could have just been nicer to her. Like yeah. he's not he never is that nice to his girlfriend. He's just like, oh fucking doing my thing and not being a sellout. Give me a break. You know. He doesn't 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 care. They don't care enough, which I which I think is true to that type of person. Just doesn't stop them being lovable somehow though. Lots of fun toys in the film as well. We had a Stretch Armstrong in there, a little cameo getting squirted at. Uh, I don't know, it was just nice for me to go, oh, I remember when those things were about, out and about. I I was, was bowled over seeing the Crash Test Dummies again. Yeah, they, they had a fucking video game of the Crash Test Dummies. Yeah, it was really fucking weird. In the mid-90s, the Crash Test Dummy concept was over like Rover. Like, fucking, every, I don't know, man. Like, what was it? Was there a cartoon as well or something? Yeah. It it's just... Crash test dummies are just a fucking thing from like testing cars out, right? How does that become a cultural phenomenon that they sell toys of? Because they looked iconic. And, and they were in the ones. PSAs about car safety. And people were so desperate to recreate the explosion that was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that they were looking for any fucking thing they could do it with. It was the people, little boys like cars that crash. And then the, the, the action figure falls apart. I wanted one, actually. I had the video game, but I was like, I want a fucking car that you can slam into all <laughs> on purpose and the, the, the little man falls apart. Yep. That's brilliant. I don't think I ever had one. I had some bike bike and bikes from Mars. There's my... Yep. And maybe a street shark or two. <laughs> but no crash test dummies. Good. Anyway, my nostalgia aside, does it work, though, for other generations? I'm not sure. Hmm. I don't know. That's a... Uh... Just give it a go if you fucking not from the right time frame. If you're my mum or a tiny wee baby, watch it anyway. That's the worst. <laughs> no, case tiny scenario. wee babies can't watch this. Yeah, they can. It's just colours to them, isn't it? Were <laughs> <laughs> you worried to be swears in it or to watch Adam Sandler body on display? I was thinking they wouldn't get much out of it, but you're right. At that point, it is just colours and noise. I think senile people and babies are a good demographic for this type of. Low energy competition. <laughs> it's it's a good uh, it's even it, like it's a you it's a good film for either you can actually sit and watch it or if you just want something on in the background. It works both ways. Yeah, okay. Like good. it's an easy film. 
So any other thoughts, guys, or are we are we done and dusted? Only that um, we haven't mentioned the best uh, line in the film. Uh, half a butt puppet, or what? What were you thinking, Anthony? All those blowjobs for nothing. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, and it's so underplayed. I'd actually forgotten about yeah. it. <laughs> I think that's it. There's loads of good lines in this, but like, you don't, you don't, you don't think of it as one of those great line comedies, do you? It just, yeah. It's only, it's only really if you find it and go, oh, this is cool. I don't know why it's not celebrated more. I guess. Whatever. Go now. Go down to your uh, local video cassette store and. Rent out your copy of Airheads. Um, if Anthony hasn't got it, again, make it the same. <laughs> um, you know, just go, you know, go, you look can at still the, go to the video shop. Look at the yeah. soundtrack and buy some CDs. Yeah, go buy the CD of this. Or buy some of the... C- there must be a soundtrack of Airheads. There's some great tunes on. Put that... I mean, or buy the tape cassette. and I like the, the, uh, the Van Halen cover by Four Non Blondes. I was a fan yeah. of that one. I like that song too. Are they all rock out in the station? There, they. I like the idea that okay, we've we've got hostages and time to kill. Oh, we should play some of the good music that you never play. There's the a, man never plays on the radio station. There's a cover of a of a, uh, a fuck. What are they called? A Smith song by Anthrax, which is good because it means you don't have to hear Morrissey. <laughs> Fucking cunt. Ooh, <laughs> he is a he is a bad sort these days. Thanks for the music, but. Chill out, mate, you fucking bigot. <laughs> Basically. Well, what, what, the other thing I liked is, right, this makes fun of metal a little bit, and it has a go at grunge, and it's sort of, it's a bit gatekeepery about what's good and bad about alternative music, but it doesn't spend all of its time going, ugh, fucking Phil Collins is shit, and Hannah Montana's a fucking bitch, and, like, it doesn't, like, those aren't the right era, but, like, it doesn't pick on pop music and say we're yeah. against music. It's just, it's for, it's positive about getting music and art out there and being true to yourself, which is a real fucking Disney Plus style of movie. It's just it's it's a bit edgier than that sort of shit. But it's not again, it's not mean, is it? So I do like the film for taking the moral high ground, weirdly. And now to play us out a bit of anthrax. Oh good. Don't have the rights. Never mind. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.